Byer here, welcoming you to Season 3. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Listeners, have you heard my most recent interview with J.M. Fortier? Did you know that he started an awesome new venture called Growers and Company, where they have a magazine that's printed that comes out twice a year that highlights the amazing farmers that he's taught personally. So you're going to learn from people who are practice, putting his practices into place on their farms. If you want to be a better farmer, you definitely want to subscribe to this magazine. That's going to be like a coffee table item on your shelf. And then the other thing, part of Growers and Company is there, he's created tools that he uses on his farm that he's like studied. You know, he got to travel all around the world when he wrote his book, The Market Gardener. If you don't have that, you absolutely have to get a copy of it. But he's he's he got to go travel to all these farms and then he would look at tools that they had in the hardware stores or using in these other farms, brought them back to his farm, you know, talked to a developer, came out with some really cool tools. Like he talks about his broad fork. The handles are just wood and that helps it make it light, but it's sturdy. It's just the exact kind of broad fork that I want. Um they've got other really cool weeders and different things. And then he's got farmware that he designed that will keep you dry and keep you out there. I know with my, one of my big barriers was my garden shoes. So he's got boots and just great things that are stylish, comfortable, but most of all, they're going to keep you warm and dry when you're out in your garden doing all that hard work. So growers and company growers.co check it out get something for your favorite gardener definitely get a small scale farmers are changing the world t-shirt for your favorite farmer marker vendor do you belong to a csa i'll bet you want to get them a christmas present this year it doesn't have to be on time i know it might be late when you're hearing this but Make sure you support growers.co. Um, their stuff is super affordable. The Canadian exchange right now. Um, I just bought something for someone, um, a present for Kathy from the composters because I go to her laughter yoga with her. And I think it said it was like $25 and then, it, but it only took $20 out of my bank account. So I, I probably shouldn't be talking about the Canadian exchange, but I know his things are affordable. I research broad forks and what they cost. I, you know, it, it's a great deal. You will get so much use out of that tool. Um, so support growers and co join the amazing Patty Armbruster and I Saturday mornings, 9am Montana standard time, 11am Eastern, 8 am pacific for grow live on youtube patty armister is going to ask your questions you can submit them ahead of time and we'll be prepared with the answers uh what do you want to know we're starting out talking about selecting seeds but she's going to answer everything from how to process local meats to you know what pests are good or you know, what plants are good to bring in beneficial insects into your garden. Just, we all know Patty knows so much about everything. I'll be asking the questions. She'll be answering them. We're going to be doing this on YouTube live Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, 10 Central, 11 Eastern, Saturday mornings on YouTube. Grow live with Patty and Jackie. Uh, so you do radio? Yeah, my dad and I have an uh, internet radio show and we have been podcasting twice a week since since COVID started as well. So what's, what's your podcast called? It's called the Food Garden Life Podcast. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, we've had oh. lots of fun with it, but we're definitely not at 300, over 300 episodes yet. Yeah, well, like I said, six years, so... Yeah, I've been, I've been at it for a while, but you you have your Instagram feed is like way more impressive than mine and stuff. So. Thank you. Yeah, and, uh, fun and you have two books out, so you're ahead of me there too. Yeah, those are fun to do, and I cool. got to do them with Dad though, so that's exciting. 
Well, let me introduce you so we don't... I, I call when my listeners say something like people really want to hear like a golden seed, like other people say like golden nuggets or value bombs. So I call them golden seeds. And before you drop any more golden seeds, let me introduce you. Okay. Let me just make sure I'm... Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is Saturday, December 5th, 2020. It's probably 2021 when you're hearing this, but um, I have an amazing guest on the line. She's not even a rock star millennial yet. She's like Gen Z maybe or whatever comes after. She's probably Gen Z. Uh, So I found her and her dad on Instagram. She's just going to dazzle you with everything she's done. She's already got two books out. I'm pretty sure they're up in Canada. So welcome to the show, Emma Biggs. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk today. Well, cool. Well, I love your books. I mean, they're just so cool. But we'll get to them in a minute. Why don't you go ahead and tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Are you 15? Is that right? You're in high school, right? Yeah, I'm 15 years old. I'm in grade 10 and I live in Toronto, Canada. And so we live in an urban property, but we still have a pretty big vegetable garden. And I love growing lots of unusual stuff, things that you may not find many other places. And I love to grow tomatoes. And I think that pretty much sums me up. Well, I'll tell you, I totally got the tomato bug this summer. Like, I'm actually technically not the gardener at our house. I'm more the organic eater. And my husband does most of the garden. But this year... Well, he built this thing I call the mini farm, and I kind of been taking over the garden beds that are close to the house more. As my podcast, I've learned stuff. Like when I started, I had like a totally brown thumb. But this year, I planted these tomatoes, and like we had a frost at the beginning of the September, and usually we just lose like anything after that. You know, you bring some in, they turn red in a box, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you don't. Well, this year they kept ripening all the way until October 15th, and I was able nice. to make like four batches of tomato sauce and two batches of salsa that I froze and just, and then eating it along. And I totally caught, usually I only like to grow cherry tomatoes because they don't you know you get them before they freeze and Uh eat them when you're down there so but i saw you selling seeds for your tomatoes and you have so many varieties and i know my listeners are going to be so excited to learn some secrets to growing tomatoes because i know you've got tons yeah well you know what the tomato bug is one that i think everyone catches at some point and they just want to grow so many different varieties and grow more and i mean it's not a bug bad bug to catch though no, I'm so excited because I never thought I would be that way. And um, yeah, it would just, everything worked out. Like just being, a, the difference between having them all come out. And we had boxes of green tomatoes, but also between those and the ones that were still outside growing, like I just didn't get so overwhelmed with everything all at once. Like the fact that I was able to make three different batches and and then also just like more I don't know. It just worked out this year and was crazy. So, um, well, I usually ask about your very first gardening experience. Like I usually say, were you a kid? Were you an adult? Who were you with? It sounds like you were a kid with your dad, but why don't you tell us more? Well, I don't actually have a very first gardening experience that I can picture in my head, but I know ever since I was little, um, well, my dad's always been a gardener. And so when I was younger, my dad would always just take me out into the garden and get me to do things like watering and pulling carrots. And I remember making mud pies and just spending so much time hanging out in the garden. And so those are kind of just some broad memories that I have. And as I've gotten older, it's just something that's really stuck with me and I keep doing and I love it. So it's just kind of a general uh, memory of all the fun times that I had outside in the garden. Now, what's COVID like up there in Toronto? Are you in school or do you go part-time and part-time at home? Are you guys in school full-time or no? What's, yeah. what's your situation like this year? Um, it's not great up here. There's quite a few cases. We just went into another lockdown, but the schools are still open for people. Some people are going in every other day, but I'm staying at home and doing virtual learning. So I'm on the computer all day. And how's that going? I mean, I miss being at school. I miss seeing all my friends and especially with some electives that I've had, it's not the same doing things online and having in as having in-person teachers, 
but it does mean that I can like shell beans and package them up or while I'm listening to my teachers talk about different types of ions. So that's kind of nice. Cool. I've been teaching, I am an elementary teacher by trade, but I didn't have a contract this year, which kind of I was glad about, but I am teaching the guitar to two of my students that I had last year that are fourth graders. And it's a real challenge to try to teach them over the internet. Yeah. (laughs) The guitar. I can't, I usually can't see what their fingers are doing. I can't see their music. We both have the same books and you know, it, it just, um, it's, it's a lot more challenging. And I only have to do that one hour, one day a week. So I can't yeah. imagine what it's like for teachers and everybody, but you know, it is what it is. I just finished reading um, Ilhan Omar's book and she was in a refugee camp for three years and still managed wow. to graduate high school and she came to America, only could say two words of in English, like hello and shut up or something. And then um, she's kind of feisty. And then managed to teach herself, you know, learn English at school, graduate on time, go to college. So I don't know. I think kids are going to come out okay in the end. Yeah. But anyway. I've I've seen it from both sides, though, because I have been, of course, in class at school, but I've also given a few Zoom talks. And so it's not, I guess, the same as teaching kids. But when you have an audience and you're talking to people about how to grow something, it's just not the same not being able to see people and interact with people. So kind of had a glimpse into the other side of the story as well. Wow, you are just so ambitious. Well, good for you. So tell us about something that grew well this year. Was it tomatoes or something else? Or what do you have? Like, tell actually, let's back up just a second. Let me, like, how big is your place? And and what kind of things do you grow? Yeah, so our lot, um, we're in urban Toronto, is 50 feet wide by 300 feet deep. So for an urban setting, it's incredibly big. Um, I always say it's not big enough because I mean, there's always more things that I want to grow. And so we have a few different veggie gardens and kind of gardens scattered all over our backyard. We grew, we have a front yard garden. We have, uh, we grew in straw bales on our driveway this year, some containers in our rooftop as well. And then I have some wicking beds. So I grow tomatoes underneath of a walnut tree. So it's kind of a whole bunch of gardens scattered all over and it adds up to quite a bit of space to take care of what are what are wicking beds under your tree yeah so our neighbor has a really massive black walnut tree and for the listeners who don't know black walnuts um, give off a toxin called juglone and it poisons anything in the tomato family so tomatoes peppers eggplants ground cherries all that. So it basically means that I can't grow tomatoes in the ground in the whole back half of of my yard. And so what we did is we built these raised beds and they have something in them which is sub-irrigation or wicking, also sometimes called self-watering. And so it's basically that same idea as a self-watering pot. And so in the bottom we put in pool liner which holds your water and then basically build a reservoir, put your soil on top and as the plants um, grow and you fill up that reservoir in the bottom, the water wicks up through the soil, giving your plants a constant supply of water. And so two things happen with that. One is that the pool liner stops the roots of the tomatoes from getting into the contaminated soil below. And then also it means that we have to water less because of the irrigation system. So a special two-in-one trick. Uh, it seems like you would have to water more since they're not getting it through the soil but just is it because that pool liner hold is there dirt in it or it's just water yeah so you have the pool liner in the bottom of your wicking bed or you can do this on a smaller scale in a container as well and then you have some weeping tile which is basically really big tubes with holes in them that are holding up the soil above the water and so actually you're giving the plants a lot more water and you have to water a lot less often because those uh, reservoirs are holding a whole bunch of water and it slowly wicks up through the soil, giving the plants a constant supply of water. Man, that's what I need. Oh yeah, they are <laughs> I am amazing. So like, my husband is always like, you need to water, did you water today? But you, I'm like, well, I watered yesterday, but you gotta water every day. And just, he's always on me. Like I never water enough. Yeah. And I'm not consistent. And so that would solve that problem too. Huh, how interesting. Uh, okay, so 
did you tell us everything or did I interrupt you that you had growing? Huh, I don't remember. I, mean, I think I you, said how, where we're growing and how much space we have. Yeah. But what then, so then what are you putting in those beds and oh, on the lots roof? Lots of different things. And in the I straw bale. I grow a little bit of everything except for tomatoes. I grow a lot of tomatoes. So lots of tomatoes. I think I had over a hundred varieties this year. And then, wow. yeah, I have lots of peppers. Um, I don't actually like eggplants, but dad makes me grow a few eggplants. And then we got like ground cherries, Cape gooseberries. I grew cotton this year. Um, I grew a few weird tomato relatives, the lychee tomato, um, the Schwartz and Beeren. I doubt I'm pronouncing that one right. But then I have like lettuce, kale, whole bunch of different greens, um, carrots, radishes, beets, pretty much anything you can think of I grow in my garden every year. That's funny. I told my husband this year, I'm like, why do we even grow eggplants? You don't eat them. I make like one super fattening batch of eggplant parmesan and then I never know what else to do with them. So I was like, why don't we use that space for something? They're really pretty. I love the purple flowers, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I love the flowers too. They look pretty, but I really don't like eggplant. And I think my dad is the only person who really eats it. My mom may eat a little bit. But especially because we grow our eggplant on our garage rooftop, which is kind of like prime space because it loves all the extra heat that it gets up there. And so I really wish I could just grow more tomatoes or peppers up there instead of the eggplant. So I'm still fighting to get rid of it. My mom did make these like she like what did she do i think she just like broiled them in the oven with like a little bit of olive oil and then she used them for like sandwiches the next day like for instead of bread we had eggplant sandwiches that i have to say were good but yeah tomatoes and peppers i think might get my uh my attention too because that's kind of what i feel like i don't know just like sometimes i'm like this is a lot of work and why am i watering these eggplants every yeah. day that i think if you're taking so much care of something you should be growing things that you love and that's if you grow things that you don't like you may not be that excited about the garden but if you're growing things that you love to take care of and then you love to eat it really makes everything so worthwhile absolutely so what did grow well this year well the tomatoes did really well um yeah, I got tons and tons of tomatoes. The plants did really well. I saved tons of tomato seeds. But I think one of the main standout things this year was the peppers. And so I grow pretty much all my peppers in containers on my garage rooftop, and they really thrive with the extra heat up there. And so I had a few different varieties, and they all just did really, really well. They kept producing like crazy. I liked all the varieties that I grew. Um, and we just had a lot of really, really good peppers. And I think uh, I think what I did with the peppers worked this year, and I'm excited to grow even more next year. Cool. I'm excited to grow the peppers for my salsa next year because oh, nice. my peppers, oh my gosh, I paid $12 for two pepper, two organic pepper plants, like six bucks each. And I was like, why did I do that? That was so expensive. Am I even going to get $6 worth of peppers? Which I don't think I did, but because they didn't they just didn't do very my peppers were like one of the worst things we did this year but i'm excited next year now that i found a really good salsa recipe to grow like my own jalapenos which my husband has grown in the past and i've never really done anything with so i grow grow my peppers from seed and so when you're paying like 350 for for a package of like 30 seeds it's really worthwhile for me to grow them but it does take more work to start them early in the spring. Well, usually he grows pepper. That's actually how it okay. happened was like, and he, and his, I don't know if his plants didn't get started or just, he was like really overwhelmed this year. He had more going on than he could handle. And um, I actually signed up to get us some woofers. And then with the quarantine, I had to be like, no, don't come. But um, to try to kind of help him. But I don't know. So he was like, pick me up some pepper plants. And so I had them on the counter and paid for it. And I'm like, did I just, like, I'm putting in my car. I'm like, did I just pay $6 for each of those peppers? So yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Cause I was like planning on getting like, you know, two six packs at least that day. And to yeah. only with two plants. But you know what, for people who are just starting to garden, tomatoes and peppers and eggplants all, they take quite a long time to mature. So as much as I recommend that you start things from seed, it can be a little bit overwhelming when you have lots of plants they have to 
that you have to start so early in the garden. So maybe for some people, it is really worth picking up transplants instead. Yeah. Uh, so how about something that you want to try new and different next year? Well, I think I have a, like a, I'm in a constant battle with cucumbers because I really want to grow cucumbers, but it seems like mother nature doesn't want me to grow cucumbers. And so I try and I try every year and I grow lots of different varieties and I grow them in the ground. I grow them in containers on my rooftop. And so this year I did get a few cucumbers. It was my best cucumber year ever. Um, that said, compared to other people's cucumbers, it probably wasn't great. And it's mainly because of the cucumber beetles, which get it, get to my cucumbers every time. But I think that's something that I want to keep trying every year and just see if I can get that sweet spot and get my cucumbers to grow really, really well. So like, when did cucumber beetles go? Like, can you put like, because I had a big problem with some kind of, well, I guess it was caterpillars on my kale and they told me to put row cover on it. I wonder mm -hmm. if you can do that with your cucumber. I'm like the worst when it comes to like yeah. dealing with pests and research and stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I think for cucumber beetles, I did a bit of research. Row cover is something that you can do, but I'm growing them up on my garage rooftop. So I'd have to kind of build something to hold the row cover in place. And also the uh, fact yeah. that I'm growing mainly vining varieties. I really want to grow a whole bunch of the neat heirloom ones and funky ones, but since they're vining, it's a lot harder to keep them under um, row cover. So that may be something I consider next year because of um, the cucumber beetles, but I don't know. We'll see. So what other things did like, did your research come out that might work? Well, something I saw that I tried was that you could um, get one of those big yellow sticky cards and put it by the cucumber plants and then the cucumber beetles would fly to it thinking it's a big flower and then they'd get stuck. Well, I was so upset because I got one of those massive yellow sticky cards. I put it in the container um, and I actually watched the cucumber beetles fly into it, get stuck, and then pry themselves off and fly away back onto my cucumber plants. Oh, crazy. oh it was so annoying. I was like, come on, I thought I just found a solution. And then do they catch other bugs that you don't want? Besides. Yeah, that was another thing too. There were a few other beneficial insects that got stuck on it too. So I didn't like it for that reason either. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll have to figure out the cucumber thing. Yeah. How if you about have any tips? Let me know. I don't personally, I'll ask my husband because cucumbers are something that he grows well, but I also have interviewed two or three guests in the Toronto area. So I might reach out to them and see if they have any specifics for what's worked well for them. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so so is is that what didn't work so well this season? That's what I want to um, try um, next it year is. or try something different with, is just keep figuring out a way to figure out for my cucumbers to grow. So then what didn't work so well this season that didn't go the way you thought it was going to? Huh. Give me a second on this one. What didn't work? Hmm. Oh, I know it didn't work. Um, so I grew my basil on the garage rooftop this year and I put a whole bunch in a container and it really loved the heat up there. It was thriving. It was the most beautiful, best basil I've ever grown. And I was really, really proud of it. And then mildew, um, powdery mildew, or actually I think it's downy mildew, um, got onto my basil. I don't know how it really got onto the garage roof, but anyway, it was there and the variety that I had planted wasn't downy mildew resistant. And I didn't have my backup resistant ones ready. So there was a stretch in the summer where we didn't have any fresh basil because of that. And so I think that's something that didn't work this season is I wasn't on top of my game and I had um, lots of basil that wasn't good to eat and I didn't have the backups ready. Aww. I try to always keep a plant on my windowsill. So I just have like a fresh plant. But what are you making with it? Like pesto or something that you... Yeah, I love to pair my tomatoes with basil, and so we make lots of pesto, we make lots of salads and sandwiches. We use it all the time. Nice. Uh, do you dry it in the winter? Because for me, I always find that that's like one of the very first things that freezes here. Do you get frost? I mean, you must. Yeah. Out, right? Yeah, we definitely, we have snow on the ground right now. Oh. So, yeah, we do get lots of, it gets pretty cold up here. 
but yeah, I dry a little bit of basil, but I find it tastes different when it's dried and I really prefer to enjoy it fresh. So I think I'm going to grow some to keep on the windowsill, but I just try to use as much of it fresh and make lots of pesto as I can. Yeah. Yeah. I find, I mean, I can grow a pretty big plant, a basil plant, basil plant, basil plant. Uh, and um I almost always have one. I don't have one in my windowsill now. It's driving me crazy. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely a different flavor from dried. So, but yeah. I like to use a lot of it too. I'm an Italian. So basil and oregano are my two uh, oh, standbys. Yeah. They go in everything. Well, this is where we are getting to the root of things already, which um, do you have like a least favorite activity to do in the garden? Something you got to force yourself to get out there and do? Yeah, you know what? I don't like weeding at all, but I think a lot of people can relate with me on that one and so I try my best to keep up with the weeds um and so that's probably my least favorite thing to do but you know what I go up there and I do it anyway because I want my plants to grow as well as they can yeah I always like the thing about weeding that I like is when it's done I always feel it's kind of like oh, yeah. washing the blackboard it always looks nice and yeah no one stuff. likes it so then do you mulch after you get those weeds out so you have less weeds in some places we mulch, we get in lots of straw bales in the spring. And so we, some places we mulch a lot with straw and leaves, other places we don't really mulch. Um, but sometimes, yeah. And back to what you said a second ago, I totally agree with you on the point that no one likes feeding, but everyone loves when it's done. <laughs> I don't know. I always like say like, I don't mind sitting on the side of one of my deep beds and like, weeding for a little while it can almost be like therapeutic sitting there but i don't like weeding my husband's mini farm where it's like down on the ground or if like i let one of my beds get away from me and it's like yeah. a three hours saturday or a whole you know even longer yeah i mean i'm the kind of person that like if it goes to weeds like that's gonna be the end <laughs> but um anyway so on the flip side what's your favorite activity to do in the garden I was thinking about this before and I think that my favorite activity would be harvesting because after putting so much work, so much effort into growing your plants and take care, taking care of them, then being able to harvest those and go out and snack on them in the garden or bring them into the kitchen and make something delicious with them or enjoy them fresh. It's just so rewarding and it feels so good at the end of the day just to be able to go out and pick what you've worked so hard for. Now, do you have brothers and sisters? Are they well i guess we'll start there yeah i have two younger brothers and are they passionate about gardening too one of them isn't really passionate about gardening but the other one is really set and keen on growing pumpkins and melons and so we've been working on that for a few years now and he's excited about it he likes being outside cool so what's the best gardening advice you've ever received emma I've received so much advice over the years of just ways to make my garden better, but I think something I always come back to is something that my dad says, which is live and learn. And to me, that just means there's some things that you're not going to know until you try them. And kind of like that sticky card idea that I brought up a few minutes ago, like the internet said it would work. Obviously, I didn't find out that it didn't work until I tried it. And so sometimes... Um, you know what, your garden's not going to be perfect, and that's because you need to try things and see what's going to work in your garden. Well, that's for sure. How about a favorite tool? If you had to move and could only take tool with one tool with you, what could you not live without? Hmm. You know what, I have a mini cobra head weeder, and I just love it. When I do have to go out and weed, it's the most fantastic tool. I use it to dig trenches and plant. I use it to help weed. I use it to dig holes, put transplants in. It is just a really fantastic tool that I recommend everyone have. So I'm going to interrupt my questions for a real quick question. Like, so what are you thinking about? Like, are you thinking of going or what are you thinking for your future? Yeah, I don't know. I actually get that question a lot and I really haven't thought about it very much, but I really love what I'm doing now. I love being able to wake up every day and do what I love to grow plants and garden and then share that love with other people and hopefully get more people to do it. So I really hope to continue doing what I'm doing, I think. Well, don't even worry about it for one more second. I took me 19 years to graduate college and 
and then my major doesn't even fit me all that well. Okay. <laughs> so then I spent another 20 years struggling in education, trying to teach in the classroom, only to uh, realize that's probably not the best place for me anyway. But I've learned it to, I mean, it's been a great thing. And um, I mean, you know, there's just, I've been feeling like, my big thing is like, I just feel like kids that go to college right out of high school, like, you know, back maybe when people died when they were like 50 and stuff, you know, people live so long, you have such a long life. Like how many people really know what they're going to do when they go to college at 18 and why not like wait, like older students, there's plenty of older students. Like there's so much time, like get out there, travel, try new things. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I also always say like, you'll be sitting in some obscure college class, or some general ed requirements. So we'll be like, oh, you should meet my cousin's nephew's best friend's girlfriend. You would be, per- she works at this job that you've never heard of. You would be perfect at that. And then you can get a master's in it if it's not in your field. Of yeah. So either way, but anyway, you've got so much you're doing already. You have plenty of time, but I was just curious. Uh, so what's your favorite recipe? I mean, there's so many things that I really love to enjoy from the garden and ways that I love to enjoy them. I think that one thing I really love, I don't know if there's a name for it, but it's basically when you take lots of fresh, delicious tomatoes, you cut them up into big chunks, and then you cut up some brie into big chunks, um, and then some um, basil you chop up finely, and then you put in olive oil, and you put that in a big bowl, and you stir it, and you let it sit for a few hours before it's dinner time. And then when it's dinner time, you make up a big pot of pasta and then you dump that all in and stir it. And it's just one of the most delicious things out there. It's so amazing with the melted brie and the fresh tomato and the flavor of the basil. It's so good. Wow, that does sound good. I have never had brie and with anything but crackers. Brie and tomatoes oh, that with pasta. That sounds just decadent. Uh, how about a favorite internet resource where do you find yourself surfing on the web oh that's a good question um you know what i find myself all over the place depending on what i'm looking up so there's different websites that are specifically about like plant diseases and some that are about um how to plant different things and how to save seeds so i don't know if there's one resource i kind of go everywhere from garden blogs to like university resources i am yeah i'm definitely all over the place con here i was wait ready for you to say it. i do it all on instagram <laughs> well i definitely use instagram a lot and i learn so much from all the people on there it's amazing i wake up and i not only do you get to surf and see everyone's beautiful pictures but i mean i've learned how to do so many great things and gone so many ideas from it too yeah, I've been getting more on Instagram. I'm almost even thinking about closing out my Facebook group and just moving everything to Instagram. Because yeah, I, I only... find myself spending more time there all the okay. time. Yeah, I only have Instagram and I'm I'm happy with it. I don't feel like I need any more social media. That way I can spend more time in the garden. Yeah, because I worked for this guy this summer and he told me that... Um, to do more of the discovery thing. Like I had always just been like kind of following hashtags and he was like, no, go over into the discover bar and just like, I don't know. Or I guess Uh you can follow hashtags over there, but like, I don't know when I go to the discover bar, it's just filled with like garden videos. Mostly, I guess maybe because I have a, you know, it's my garden thing. Like I don't have to search anything when I go to that discover bar, I can just go down and I've been making a lot of cool connections that way and learning more things that way. And so yeah, I always really kind of wasn't great. the biggest Instagram fan. Cause I, I don't know, like it kind of makes me bug eyed looking at my personal feed. Mm-hmm. Plus for a while there, it seemed like it was like picture, picture, advertisement, picture, picture, advertisement. Yeah. Like they were really slamming me with ads for all, but I don't see as many ads. At least I, I am realizing maybe people are paying to put those things in my discover feed, but I don't know. I just been liking that more too. Yeah. I like, I mean, I don't like the ads of course, but um, I do love all the great content that I get and that I can share as well. And I think there's lots of really great people that you can learn from on it. Yeah. And it seems like everybody's there. Like, it just seems like almost everybody I'm friends with on Facebook is over on Instagram anyway. I'm seeing their mm-hmm. pictures twice in two different places. And it's like, oh, I don't yeah. know. 
anyway how about a favorite reading material like do you have a book that you like we'll talk about your books in a minute but like a book that's maybe inspired you or anything oh that's a hard question well one thing i will say is for any newer gardeners who are looking for materials i recommend you just look at a whole bunch of different things to see what you like because there are so many incredible books out there and blogs websites um i have to say a really great website for information is savvy gardening and they have tons of really great informations on information on lots and lots of different subjects. So that's a place I often go to. And then in terms of books, I have, I'm just looking now at my bookshelf. I don't know if I can choose one. Oh, that's such a hard question. Um, I think a really great book is Epic Tomatoes by Craig LeHoulier. And he, for those listeners who don't know, um, he lives in North Carolina and he grows tons and tons of tomatoes. He was actually the guy who named the famous heirloom Cherokee purple. And he's done ton of, tons of tomato breeding as well, focusing on dwarf varieties. So his book, Epic Tomatoes, is really fantastic as well. He has had the most amazing life. I interviewed him and I was just like, oh my goodness. How do you like, like, that's great that you're following him already because you have a lot in common with him. Like he was like one of the original seed savers and just, he has connections and he's been like, he has a lot going on. Oh yeah. Craig is such a great guy. I've learned so much from him. And last summer we actually went down and visited his garden, which was incredible. And so for anyone not following him, definitely, if you, if you love tomatoes or gardening in general, definitely check him out. And then Savvy Gardening is Nikki Jabor, who like made my day because I've been trying to get her to come on my show. And I don't know, but she she booked a date finally in January. She's like, I've listened to your podcast and I've enjoyed your conversations and it just melted my heart. I love her. Yeah. Have you read her book? I love her four season. Oh, yeah. And she's got a new book coming out. So I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. So Savvy Gardening is Nikki Jabor, Tara Nolan, and Jessica Walser. And all three of them are really great. And yeah, Nikki's books are fantastic. I love them all. And I'm so excited for a new one, too. And I do have to say, I really love her uh, Veggie Garden remix because I love growing all the, all the weirdest and most unusual things I can find in a seed catalog. And so for anyone who's a little bit like that, you should definitely check out Veggie Garden remix as well. Cool. Is that her new one or what's the new one? It's the second newest one. Her newest one, I think, is called Growing Undercover and it's coming out oh, in, right, a, maybe, right. I think, a couple weeks. So very soon. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, here's the, your chance to, you know, I ask people, if you have a business, do you have any advice? You kind of have a business. So do you have yeah. any advice for people for like what you how you started and what you're doing and you're selling tomato seeds now this year or are you already sold out yeah. yeah i still have tomato seeds i started selling them i think about a week and a half two weeks ago so i'm pretty new at it but it's going pretty well so but like do you have any advice for like i don't know like how you started your instagram channel or how you started your first book or any of that yeah. kind of stuff? Um, well, I think I actually started Instagram because I was at a garden writers meeting and Nikki Jabor was there and she said, you should start an Insta you should start an Instagram account. So that's how that came to be. And then I think I've always been gardening and since I think I gave my first talk with my dad when I was, I think I was nine years old and I gave a talk with him and it was a lot of fun. And gardening is just something been something that's grown in my life so much and I do so much of it that I've learned a lot and so I really love sharing that with people and so my dad and I wrote our first book together Grow Gardeners about how to get kids excited about gardening and we self-published it and that went really well and then we did another one with story publishing recently and we started up a podcast as well and an internet radio show and so it's kind of just been um, for anyone out there who wants to start I guess a business around gardening, just figure out what you're passionate about, which part of gardening. Cause I know dad and I really focus on food gardening. Um, I really focus on tomatoes and then just find a way to get all that amazing information that you have out there. I was going to say, it just seems like just from talking to you, like 
for one thing, like, do you get nervous, like, going to conferences, like, maybe it's just because you started so young, like, I get so nervous, at the th- and I'm a teacher, but at the thought of, like, going to garden conferences, like, just feel like, do you feel like that's been a lot of your success, connecting with these other people, like, I can't believe you met Nikki J- Jabor, and you went, like, how did you get to work, is it maybe because you're in Toronto, like, is it, did you have, yeah was it right in well, town or you know I'm actually an introvert and so it's hard sometimes I have to really put myself out there and um, share all this great information that I have but I really love connecting with all these people who have the same passion as I do and I really love connecting with um, different garden writers and people who are doing the same things that I am and meeting them and so yeah um, it's been incredible to meet and work with some of these people and yeah I love it so much well emma it's just delightful to talk to you so what was your what's your new book called again because you told us the first one's grow gardeners but what's the second one the The newest book is gardening with emma okay well here's my final question emma if there's one change you'd like to see to create a greener world what would it be for example is there a charity or organization you're passionate about or project you'd like to see put into action like what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think one thing I'd really love to see is just more people growing food and gardening in general, or even just being more aware of being more aware of it in general. I know that's pretty vague, but I think sometimes of the incredible change that you can make in the world if every person let's say grew one tomato plant um there'd be a lot less plastic because those when you go to the grocery store and buy tomatoes they come in plastic bags or plastic containers and they wouldn't have to be um driven and there'd be less food miles on them because they wouldn't have to be transported halfway across the country to get to you and so i think even just small things like everyone growing a tomato plant or having a little basil plant on their windowsill can make a massive difference in the world if everyone did it and so i think that's a really great place to start is just for you to start growing a bit of food and i will say gardening is addictive so i think you're going to start growing more and just sharing that love and that passion and how important it is with other people too perfect so like just i just want to back up really quick about tomatoes like what's like the biggest tomato lesson you've learned or like if somebody's never grown a tomato before like what's like something you would if you were gonna start over a mistake that they shouldn't make or like what's some secret to growing tomatoes to be more successful Ooh, that's a good question um i mean there's so many things that i've learned over the years to get closer to to perfecting my tomato growing um I think some a good place to start is for people just to figure out what their growing conditions are. So figure out, make sure you're getting enough sun, um, make sure you have something to train your tomatoes, make sure you have good soil and you can water them well. And then when you're buying tomato varieties, whether you're buying plants, whether you're buying seedlings, I think a crucial part is is choosing the right variety for you. So if you have a really small space, maybe a really small container, you should be looking at micro dwarf or dwarf varieties and then getting a bigger, maybe determinate. And if you have a good amount of space and you're able to do lots of pruning or training, you wanna look at indeterminate um, varieties. And then also you should choose a tomato that you're excited about. So if you'd like to grow cherry tomatoes, grow cherry tomatoes. And if you like beef steaks, that's what you should grow. And so think about, the different varieties that you're choosing and make sure that they're going to fit well into your garden it's not going to be a hassle to take care of them it should be something that you enjoy and you love doing so where do you usually get your tomatoes do you like order them online or do you have like a a place that you like to get your tomato seeds specifically or do you just because you planted a hundred varieties? so is that like a hundred plant like how many tomato plants did you take care of well to start at the beginning, I get my tomatoes from everywhere. I get seeds at seed swaps and seed exchanges. Um, usually I go to events and get them. I buy them from local seed suppliers and seed suppliers halfway across or on the other side of the country. I get tons of varieties like that. I have some friends that I love to swap seeds with. And then I also get a few transplants from friends as well of unusual varieties. 
And then, yeah, I grow a ton of tomato transplants in the spring. This year, I think I was up to about, I think I had 530 tomato transplants. And I, that's because I was selling some as well. But yeah, I have quite a few to take care of, but I love it. So it's not really work. Wow, you are so inspiring. Well, Thank you. tell listeners how to connect with you, how to find your podcast and your website and your books and your Instagram. Yeah, so you can find me on my website, which is emmabiggs.ca. And I have a blog. I'm not great at blogging, but I hope hope to get better at that. I'm also selling tomato seeds this year, and you can find those on my website as well. Um, I am only shipping in Canada, though. And then I have Instagram, and my handle is emmabiggs underscore grows. And the podcast and radio show that I have with my dad is called The Food Garden Life Show. And you can find that on his website, which is stephenbiggs.ca. And you can also find it on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and all your favorite syndicating services. And Biggs has two Gs, right? B-I-G-G-S. Yeah. Well, Emma, thank you so much for being so delightful and dropping all these golden seeds and tell your dad thanks for connecting with us and listeners will probably see you on Instagram and check out your podcast because my listeners tend to be big podcast listeners so I'm sure they'll download that make sure you leave them a five-star review when you um, listen because I know you're going to love it and I'm going to check it out today and you have a wonderful day good luck with everything Thank you. You too. And thank you so, so much for having me on today. I love chatting with you. Always love to talk about gardening. Well, thanks, Emma. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to tell you that we got our t-shirts and our broad fork from Growers uh, & Co., from JM Fortier's new venture, we spent, I spent um, a good part of my, or not really, like a third of my stimulus. So I have been researching broad forks ever since we got our first broad fork because um, we just love it. Mike and I both love it. And I wanted to have one down, he keeps it down on the mini farm most time, and I wanted one up closer to the house for the garden beds. And so... I've been looking for two, three years now, ever since we got our other one. And I can tell you that this one is super fairly priced. It does seem super expensive if you live in the United States because of the exchange rate. But really, it came out just as affordable. Um, It did get shipped FedEx, um, which got it here super fast. But it's super sturdy. Mike's already like, you can use mine and I'll use this one. Um, so (laughs) if that tells you anything, uh, we're super excited is just, you know, G. Martin Fortier got to travel around the world with his book, promoting his book. He said his book tour went five years and, um, you know, he got to study the best tool. So even if you don't want a broad fork, he's got lots of great tools on his website. The t-shirts are just breathable fabric they don't have any little plastic tag they have the cutest little clip that unhooks the card um where is the card i can read it to you i love what it says on it growers and co is on a clear mission the global industrial food system is endangering our planet at growers and co we believe that small scale ecological farming is changing the world we're empowering empowering and celebrating the work of those who are producing food in a way that connects us to nature and each other. Our vision is to live in a future where local food systems are thriving, where food is grown with care by and for people who care. And the t-shirts we got are the ones that say small scale farming is changing the world. I got Mike and I matching t-shirts to go with our broad fork that we are so excited to use. This is the time to get it. Um, you know, it's a great time if you get your stimulus money and you put a little into your own. I, I just can't recommend it enough. Um, I'm super excited to get a few more um, beds built this year. Dig up a little bit of that grass that I know was keeping Patty Armbruster up at night. Because I just can't afford compost. So I have to, like, you know, pull up some of the sod Um, And the broad fork is just great for doing that. So I got two new beds built last summer and um, hopefully I'm going to get a few more where I can plant 
um, some sunflowers, some herbs, um, some perennials, maybe. So anyway, um, Growers and Co. He's also got the amazing magazine that highlights the farmers who are following his practices. I mean, he has just changed the world. 2,000 people have gone through his online class. Um, if you're thinking about going to a market farmer, it's really a great investment um, for helping you build because just what he's done, replicating his systems, he's got those systems deals down. And again, he's building these tools here in North America, bringing them to you, you know, check on that, um, Canadian exchange rate. Their customer service is fantastic. I've written them. They always write me back within like 24 hours. If I have any questions, um, if you sign up for their newsletter, you get a 10% discount on the farmware, you know, and he's, you know, he's really got his farmware dialed in things that are comfortable, but I was amazed at how comfortable, how much these t-shirts breathe, how, um, how good they felt. So buy one for you, buy one for your partner, buy one for your farmer, whoever you're buying your CSA from, um, and let them know you appreciate them. Growers and Co. Join Patty Armbruster and I for Grow Live on YouTube Live Saturday mornings coming to you in 2021. We'll be answering your questions. We'll be um, laughing and sharing information that you want to know because they're going to be answers to your questions on YouTube Live Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, and 8 a.m. Pacific. Send us your questions. You can submit them at the organicgardenerpodcast.com forward slash patty. You can email me at orgpodcast at gmail.com. You can send them to Mike's Green Garden at gmail.com. Ask Patty Live. Grow Live with Jackie and Patty. We'll be answering your questions. What do you need to know to grow healthy food in your garden? Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.